This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 404 of the Stable Scoop Show by Horselovers.com. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Horselovers.com and Sparkle and Boom. Listener Ann Bruins is in the hot seat this week as our listener of the week. Fox hunter Gail Case shares her most embarrassing moment in the hunt field. And our Horselovers.com Tack and Habit product review is the tough one. Hey hoops, collapsible wall, hay feeder. Woo! Listen in. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the Stable, it's every week. Bring you the news through hell, high water While using their tails as their own fly swatters So sit on down and laugh till your poop Cause it's time again for Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop Stable Scoop This is Glenn the Geek and this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Welcome back, Glenn. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's fun to be here every week on Stable Scoop, meeting our listeners. So that was kind of a mouthful. I, you know, talk about word salad, which is on our minds this <laughs> it's the week. the longest name of a product ever. <laughs> I can't believe I made it through that without hurting myself. <laughs> Well, I, I, I may have had the same trouble trying to hang the thing, so we'll find, we'll find out <laughs> later in the show. <laughs> well, this is one of my favorite segments because we feature a fox hunter, though I barely can call myself a fox hunter these days. Goodness knows how long it's been since I've been out yeah, hunting. Yeah, but I saw your pictures of you out riding anyway, so that was yes, good. Yes, yes. It's spring, and both my horse and I are fat and out of shape, so we are legging up the long way. We're taking nice long hacks around town, so... At least I get to do that. The long, slow way, the long walking way. Yeah, Brody likes to, he's a sightseer, you know, he's, he really is. If Brody was a car, he'd be a Cadillac, a convertible Cadillac. Well, it looks like you had a quieter ride than I did trying to drive Scooter on Saturday. I saw something. He can be such a hackney pony sometimes. What was he doing? Like Jen had to take The other day, it was something new. Ponies always give you something new, right? And this day, and we tried to figure out what it was, and she thought it was just attitude so she kind of worked him through it but um i had to get off because he just would not move he just and i thought well it's girth is you know we just had his teeth done you know what could it possibly be yeah and we just kind of determined that he was in a mood and i could tell he was in a mood from the time i got him out and groomed him up he was just in a mood and i should have probably not you know driven him in the cart that day maybe taken him out and ground driven him but even i always ground drive before i put him in the cart yeah. And even then, he was stopping and, and he was turning around. He just was not having any part of it that day. So she got in and did her coaching and training thing and patiently made him uh, move on and finally got him to the point where we'd actually trot. Uh, <laughs> he just was in a mood. He just was not having any parts of it. And that was it. We don't know if it's attitude because the new horse, he's in charge. So maybe he's got a little bit of the uh, 
the powers thing going. Now I'm in charge of the new horse. I can be in charge of you too. Of everybody. Yeah. He's testing his fences, as I like to say. Well, he shouldn't do that with Jennifer around. I'm just no, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I'm sure Jennifer set him straight, you know. Well, she did, you know, she's a very much a patient, calm trainer, and I'm very much the ADD, just do it, you yeah. know. <laughs> Yeah, Please she is very calm it. and patient. Still, she has a way of making them yeah, do what she, she got, wants you to know, do. She, uh, me, I give in. I go, oh, he must be feeling bad. He has a tummy ache or whatever, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm the sucker. And she's going, no, you're going <laughs> to trot. <laughs> uh, we were supposed, you know, uh, Buck and I were talking about that on that Newport show this week because I we were talking about this lovely hack that I took out on Brody. And he said, were you a little nervous because it's been it's springtime? And I was just reminiscing about all my lovely accidents, which seem to happen in the spring, at least most of them anyway. Um, but, you know, I, you, you always know what horse you have in your hands when you take them out of the barn. You just know it, right? Yeah, you're right. And I do it that like I do it with Scooter the other day. Yep, you're yep. right. You know what you have. And Jen always says, ride the horse you're on. And some days that means don't get on at all. Well, I should have not done that. That I should have done that that day. I mean, you know. Well, yeah. If I was riding the horse I had, we would just sat there and watch Jennifer go round and round. For- <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's not a bad thing to do. <laughs> and I mean, he's you know he's on you know he's eating well. We got him on his supplements and his Kentucky Performance product supplements and all that stuff. So you know he's got no excuse other than his attitude has shifted since the since Nigel came. And so. yeah, fair enough. You know what? He's a living, breathing, thinking creature, and he has opinions. Boy, hackney yeah. ponies, they know their opinions, too. Yeah. They're not yeah, afraid they, to share them. <laughs> I can relate. I can relate. <laughs> well, coming up in this episode, we are going to talk to a new listener. Her name is Ann Bruins. But before that, we're going to get a funny story from Buck Center, Gail Case. <laughs> Welcome, Gail, to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. We're so happy that you could join us for the fox hunting segment. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Tell us which hunt you ride out with and how long you've been you've been hunting. Well, uh, I'm currently hunting with the Snickersville Hounds in Middleburg, Virginia, and I've been hunting for almost 50 years. Wow. wow. So I guess you kind of like it. You might say it's a, an addiction. Okay, I'm stuck on the Snickersville hunt. I think I'd be hungry every time I went out. <laughs> well, it's really named after the Snickersville turnpike that runs through our territory. It's not where they make the Snickers, then? No, no it has okay. nothing to do with candy, although there are lots of candy involved in hunting. <laughs> okay. Lots of sugar. Lots of sugar of, of many different kinds. We can, you can yes. say that. And yes. so... Um, I'm assuming then that you're, so you're in the Middleburg uh, territory, you hunt live. Do you hunt uh, fox as well as coyote? Uh, we try to just hunt fox. Okay. Which is enough of a challenge in itself. Yes, and, and stays a little closer to home. Coyote have a tendency to pick up a lick and go in a straight line, and you never know where you're going to end up. So that's a little more challenging than we need to be. Got what's it. Your, what's your country look like? Uh, our country is, is, has a wide variety. It has a lot of wide open spaces, cropland, pasture land, and then it has some areas where there are major tributaries that go through the properties. So um, we have some water hazards. We have some, 
some trappy country with some uh, fairly steep and, and rugged terrain. Uh, so we have a little bit of everything. So it, it's never boring. It's never the same day twice. And um, you actually are, you don't just ride out with Snickerville Hounds. You're the huntsman. Well, I'm I'm the kennel huntsman. Our huntsman is our joint master, Eva Smithwick. Okay. Uh, and I... I uh, handle the hounds in the kennel and and transport them and have the care and maintenance. And if push comes to shove, I can step in. But she does such a wonderful job. I don't want to, and there's no need for that. Love it. So tell us a little bit about your horse, because I'm looking at a beautiful bay... What am I looking at? Uh, yes, um... I, I prefer thoroughbreds. You're probably looking at a picture of Tommy Tippy Toes. Who you is have the greatest names down there. <laughs> Tommy Tippy Toes has a nice tushy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, he's, he's an off-the-track thoroughbred. And, yes, we get creative with, with some of our naming. Um, and he uh, had a, a racing career and then uh, decided he needed a different challenge. So um, he and I... Uh, challenge each other every time we go out. He's he's very kind to keep me aboard and stay underneath me and bring me home safe at the end of the day. Now, how long has he been hunting? I mean, did you, you took him off the track and put him in the hunt field? Or did you get him after he'd already started hunting? I got him after he already started hunting. He came up from the Carolinas. He Hmm. had, he had some issues and, um, um, I seemed to inherit horses with issues. So he came to me and, and uh, once you can get him, get him where you need to go and throw a leg over him, he's a Cadillac. He's just not the most polite animal on the ground. Ah, I'm kind of like that, too. <laughs> I think better that way well, than the other way, actually. <laughs> it it kind of, me too. So we kind of fit. So it's OK. <laughs> now, are you the only one who rides him and, and handles him or does he have uh, guests on board and you know, sometimes no, no, you have no, no, when you no. have a horse with a particular personality, they really just it's you and that horse, and that's kind of you can groove along. Yeah, it's pretty much me and that horse. I wouldn't do that to anybody else I knew and cared about. He's he can be a little opinionated on the ground and, and not so much fun. Um, he's very quick to ride, but I have a need for speed, so that's okay. I like that. Uh, so pretty much he and I are are a, a you know a, a unit, and I don't share. <laughs> now, now this you may think this is a crazy question, but um, sometimes it's it's nice to have a horse a little go. But the you know as long as you have good breaks, and I'm always having this conversation with my good friend Sissy Finn of Chasing a Fox. Is what do you use for breaks? What do you what do you have in his mouth when you hunt? I have a snaffle in my horse's mouth, and the the reason being is I have found uh, the best thing to to use in deciding for a hunt horse is a horse that has his head in the game Mm. and intellectually involved. Um, So if I find an animal that I can coerce to be a partner, not just a conveyance, then two heads are better than one. And um, he knows exactly where I need to be and how fast I need to get there. And he's pretty much a point and shoot. And then I turn it over to him. He knows his capabilities better than I do. And I just try to stay out of the way until he positions me where I need to be to do my job. How long have the two of you been hunting together? About four seasons. Wow. Wow. That makes my heart sort of swell up with with pride. And he's not even my horse. 
That's a really nice relationship to have. Well, it is, and it protects both of us because I don't have to micromanage him because I trust him and his instincts because, let's face it, he's got better instincts than I do as far as game and hearing and sight and and feeling the environment. Um, So if we can trust each other uh, to make important decisions and not argue with each other, then there's not a need for a lot of control. Uh, I would say that I very seldom have to touch him. You know, that's a, an interesting point that you make because when I describe what it's like to hunt uh, compared to other forms of riding, other English forms of riding, the, the first thing that I say to people is you have to be prepared to let your horse make at least half, if not most of the decisions when you're out there. Um, so that does require a lot of trust, but you have to give up control, which I find in many other disciplines is all about control. But once you do give up that control, the, your horse most of the time will rise to the occasion and, and fit you in the way you're describing that you and your horse do. Oh, ab- absolutely. And and I don't, I don't have time to be controlling everything because I'm looking to hounds and I need to stay in position to assist my huntsman and keep the, the sport happening and keep the hounds redirected. Um, so I trust him to get me where I need to go uh, when I need to get there and how I need to get there. And um, if I can just stay out of the way, then I'm prepared once we get there to do my job. And, and he knows when it's time for me to take over and do my job. So there's, there's no disagreement there. Uh, we both have our own sense of responsibility and accountability, and he kind of thrives on that. It, that empowers him, and he takes his job very seriously, and consequently, I don't have to worry about, is he going to stop? Is he going to jump the fence? Is, it, is he going to you know, freak out because there's traffic on the road? Um, you know, it really frees me up to not really even have to think about the riding. I just have to think about the hound work and what I need to do to keep our pack safe. I got a question. Can I follow up with that? Um, sure. So now for people who aren't really familiar with fox hunting, so you're the huntsman for the hounds. Does that, I'm imagining that you have a, you're one of the people out there that has a lot to do, a lot more to do out on the hunt because not only are you keeping track of yourself and everything else that's going on, but you're also responsible for keeping the hounds from straying too far and making sure that they stay on course too, right? Well, that's correct. And, and I'm, I'm a whipper in and hunting, the easiest way to explain hunting to, to non-hunting people is uh, our huntsman is like the commander-in-chief. She decides where we're hunting, in other words, picks the battlefield. She decides the strategy for finding our quarry, which is the fox, which we would like to chase. And then she lays a plan there. Uh, The whippers in are her flanking generals. We're out in the field, and there's a right flank and a left flank whip, and we help focus the troops, which are the hounds, in the direction the huntsman wants to go to find our fox. That's the best analogy I've ever heard for this, actually. (laughs) It's the simplest and most efficient. Agreed. (laughs) Well, well, good, good. And, um, and so, and we, we can communicate with each other and, um, sometimes the one whip will ride a little further point or out ahead to view if the fox jumps out front. Sometimes the other whip will ride a little further back to push up hounds that might be lagging. The whole point is to keep the troops all focused and working as a team to go together. That also positions us to be able to um, 
try to keep them from danger if we're getting to the point where we're hunting close to a road or a highway and we don't want to have any mishaps. We're in a position with which to either you know, stop the hounds or turn them or intervene so everybody you know, is hunting safely. Um, if one of us sees a fox sneak out one side, we can alert the huntsman who then cheers the hounds on and we redirect the troops to put the troops on the line and then off we go. And of course, the the focus is is to just chase the fox. If if something happens to the fox, we don't have him to chase again, and and that's the that's the thrill. The adrenaline rush is the chase because you never know where you're going. That is the thrill. You never know where you're going. I've only hunted drag, um, which I'm told is a little bit faster than than hunting live, but um, a good dragsman can really make it feel like, again, this is what I'm told, can really make it feel like you just never know where you're, where you're going to go, even as you're traipsing through the same familiar hunt territory. Every hunt is different. Yeah, absolutely. And a good drag pack is fast and furious and a really, really good time. But Somebody knows where they're going because somebody laid the drag. Thank God. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our huntsmen, you know, we go out and we find ours live. And uh, so we know where our territory is and how it's paneled and how to get around. But we never know where that fox is going to take us. And sometimes the fox will, will um, switch back on us. Uh, now, eventually, you get to know your foxes, and you'll go, oh, this is the fox that's going to run left-handed and go through Whitehall and go back to Sunny. So you get to know them after a while and, and have this relationship with them. But, you know, on a, on a dicey day, um, we're at their mercy. They know where their holes are. Foxes can climb trees. Um, a lot of people don't understand that um, uh, foxes... You're, you're never going to kill a healthy fox. You're, you're going to, maybe something that's injured or hurt, but, but they are too shrewd. Um, they, they have more escape routes than you can imagine. They can go jump into streams and run backwards behind them, at which point in time the hounds can't follow their scent. I've watched them jump up on fence boards and run backwards down the fence line behind us. They climb trees and hang out of the trees and watch us flail around trying to figure out where he disappeared. They are so cunning. Um, when they're starting to pair up to breed, um, they will often tag team us. You'll get a, a dog fox and a vixen, and one of them will start running, and they'll run us a loop, and that <laughs> fox will come right back to his little partner, and she'll say, okay, I got this, and she'll run us another loop, and they can do that for three or four. Meanwhile, we're running flat out and flying the whole <laughs> you time. You think they get together at the end of the day yeah, and have a party yeah. and say, look what we did to them again today. Absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, one of them's back there, you know, slamming a beer and saying, oh, she'll be back here in a few minutes. I better get myself ready. <laughs> and they run us into the ground and have a darn good time doing it. Oh, that's adorable. And, and of course, the other thing is... Uh, Sometimes people don't realize that I think, think uh, hunting and, and country life people are the original conservationists. My huntsmen and, and we, the staff, spend, you know, all spring and summer um, finding out where the fox dens are, uh, counting the number of kits or the babies that are in the den. Mange uh, is a problem in this area sometimes, so we'll put out uh, chicken necks and we'll put, you know, medication in there to help make sure that the foxes don't have a problem and that we have a healthy fox population. 
Mm, so, so there's a stewardship of sorts of not ab- just your absolutely. not your hunting territory, but the 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 fox and and everybody else who lives there. That's a that's absolutely. a big responsibility. Well, it is, and they're beautiful creatures, and they're fascinating creatures, and and they give us so much fun, and and they have a good time too, and um, they like wreaking havoc and standing up and watching us flail around, um, and and then they come back out the next time and do it again. So I can't say that it's not entertaining for them. I think sometimes <laughs> it's more entertaining for them than it is for us because we're just trying to stay alive out there. I, I well, it. speaking of of wreaking havoc yeah. and being entertained, you, part of the reason we asked you on the show was because uh, our friends on the Fox Hunters on Facebook group suggested that you might have a funny story or two to share with our listeners. So we're going to ask you to serve that up. We want embarrassing, actually. We don't want just funny. We want the ones that embarrass Oh, Glenn, go easy on her. Uh, Well, it's true. That's what people like to hear. Well, when you've been hunting as long as I do, unfortunately, you have a, a plethora of embarrassing moments. And I don't care who you are, if you've been in the hunt field, you're going to have some issue, whether it be a wardrobe malfunction or an equipment malfunction or, you know, a disagreement with your animal. Um, there, there's all sorts of things out there. But or, my Well, let's most- not forget the ever-popular alcoholic malfunction. Let's uh, not forget that one. Yes, yes, well. there, there is, is a lot of that. There is a lot of that, but... But um, um, my most embarrassing was probably approximately 20 years ago. It was a beautiful day, crisp air, all the right components that were going to stack us up for a wonderful day of sport. We had met at the master's farm, and our skilled huntsman set off to draw his first cover. We had a crossbred pack that was really keen and ready to go, and a really good size first flight field in attendance to follow the day's sport. Now, our master at the time was an extremely extraordinary gentleman, and he was more fox at times than man. And he had a great talent for placing his field of spectators exactly where the action was going to happen. Now, this was a great thing if you were following the field. It was a bad thing if you became the sport. But anyway, he knew how the foxes ran and most of the time knew right where they were going. So we are in this field, and hounds are working hard in the woods to our right. We're watching the open field where we had a great vantage point for getting a really nice view of the fox if he crossed. Hounds struck, and their pilot decided to hug the wood line and not break the cover. So our huntsman comes flying out of the wood line, out into the open, and was headed to a really large coop with a stout rider so he could follow his hounds as they went away from us. Our master, knowing that the sport had just begun, saw no reason to tax the horse horse or the huntsman, and he sent me off to gallop ahead to drop the rider off the fence. Now, I don't know if you know what a rider is, but it's a it's a um, usually a, a large log or a uh, rail that sits on top of the jumps, so cattle can't crawl out o- over our our fences. Mm. Oh, so okay, you're in and, charge but, of taking that off so people don't die. Yeah, well, exactly. Okay. <laughs> and it was early in the day, and the master said, Gail, go drop that rider so the huntsman does not have to try to jump something really much larger than he has to, and he can go over it safely. So I, of course, do the master's bidding, and I put my horse in motion, and I gallop out across the field and get to the fence and drop the rider step back, and at that point in time, um, the huntsman goes flying by me uh, in pursuit of his hounds. 
So my field hunter at that time was a very intellectual individual and an A personality. And he was really into this sport. And he took his job very seriously and was always ready to go anywhere the action was at any speed required. So after we dropped the, the rider for the huntsman, the hounds sounded as if they were turning. And the master asked me to wait. He and the field moved up towards the coop for the jump to listen to what hounds were doing. Now, since there were cattle in this field, and the decision to be made was either to proceed forward over the coop in front of us behind our huntsman, or, depending on where the, the hounds headed, to continue on through the field to the left and catch a view if the hounds continued to swing left-handed. Either way, my problem was the same. I needed to stay on the ground to replace the rider in whatever decision was made, and then I would catch up later. Got it. I can see this. Like, I can totally visualize yeah. this right now. Okay. Yeah. What so time I'm of year is this? This is early fall. Okay. Nice, crisp, good setting, light. It was a beautiful day. It was it. spectacular. So I'm on the ground waiting for further instruction. Well, my horse is not really happy with this waiting time. Hounds were running, the huntsman had gone on, and he, for the life of him, could not understand why I was dawdling around on the ground. It was obvious to him that we were getting left and thrown out of all the action, and he was not happy with me. <laughs> so up until that point, he had been fairly polite, but he, was, he had lost, and he was starting to lose it. So hounds continued to swing left, and the master nodded for me to replace the rider as he and the field were going on across the field. Now, this rider over this fence was pretty stout and heavy because the cows in this field were, were pretty furious about getting out. So it took both hands for me to heft this log back into its place. Oh, gosh. I, I bent over to grasp the end, and at this moment, my horse had had enough. He uh, had reached his limit and could evidently no longer help himself. He rocked back on his hocks jumped me, the rider, the coop, <laughs> landed safely, and took off like a bat. Oh, God. Loose horse. The master, <laughs> the master in the field had hesitated just long enough to see this whole spectacle. I'm now standing out in an open field, booted and spurred and ready to ride, apparently with no horse. The whole field, whom I swear at that point had the number at least a hundred people were all standing there staring at me. <laughs> Thankfully, the hounds had swung left, but checked a bit for the sport's sake. But now it seems the moment had created far more time for the field and the master to linger. To say I wanted to die was an understatement. <laughs> the master says, Dale, will your horse go far? <laughs> I looked up and replied, I have no idea, sir, as we have never been hunting in this separated fashion before. <laughs> the master then said, leave the rider up, and the field and I will continue on to the left. We will hope to see you and your horse reunited shortly. And off they went, leaving me standing in the field. <laughs> I was beyond mortified. Oh, my God. And if I caught my horse, I wasn't sure what I was going to do when I caught it. 
There was nothing left to do. I scrambled over the coop, ducked under the rider, and took off as fast as my boots and spurs would let me sprint on a woodland path, which, trust me, is not really expeditious. (sighs) So I'm blowing through the woods, thinking I'm going to fall over dead. I'm going to pass out. I'm going to have an asthma attack. I'm going to die of embarrassment. I start staggering out of the woods into a clearing, and at the edge of the clearing, I look up and I see my horse standing very patiently right next to the huntsman. Both of them are watching the pack recasting in an open field for their fox. I run up now, breathless and about to pass out, to have the huntsman say to me, I was wondering where you were. Oh, my God. (laughs) At this moment, Hounds struck again, and my horse allowed me a split second to jump up on him and try to hang on before he was off in hot pursuit of his new buddy, the Huntsman, and the pack. Now, the only saving grace for this was that a few moments later, the Huntsman, myself now remounted, and the pack, emerged out into another open field where the master and his field got their spectacular view for the day. I was still mortified, but at least I was back in the tack and not still on foot in the presence of everyone. The sport had not been compromised, and our day continued on to be a good one. Now, the, the caveat at the end was my friends were at least very kind to me at the breakfast following the hunt. The whole episode was a short one that so to me, it seemed like it had been at least a two-hour ordeal. The only comments that were made were in reference to how fast I could run. <laughs> but trust me, dire embarrassment makes you very fleet of you, foot. You know, the mm-hmm. only thing that would have made this story better is if you had split your pants wide open when you <laughs> bent over before your horse took off. That would have why made... Did, why did you have to mention that? I was going to leave that part out. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell everybody where they can find your hunt on the on the web. Okay, well, my hunt is uh, the Snickersville Hounds, and it's www.snickersvillehounds.com. We also have a web page, and we are very user-friendly, and we love to promote juniors. And if juniors come to ride with the Snickersville Hounds, they always hunt for free as long as they have a parent to chaperone them. Thank Wonderful. you so much for joining and us. You do you do welcome guests as long as there's there's a prior contact and permission, right? You can cap. Ab- absolutely, absolutely. And we have a trail ride series in the summer that that gets you out so you can see our hunting country and see what the task at hand is. And uh, we have a lot of things for juniors to do. We have people come to visit our kennels and learn about our fox towns and. We take kids to hound shows so they can handle handle hounds and, and learn about the sport. There's a lot more to the sport that is what really makes it fascinating other than just following the hounds. Well, we're going if to put know- links up to your website um, on ours, so you can go to stablescoop.com, and we'll provide a lot more information about the Snickerville, Snickersville hounds. Thank you very much, Gail, for joining us. I hope you'll come back with some more stories. Something tells me you have more than one. Oh, I do. So just (laughs) let me know if you need another one. And thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thanks, Gail. Our pleasure. Okay, thanks. Bye. Be sure 
to visit horselovers.com all spring long for everything you need to get ready to ride this spring. Horselovers.com's got show tack, working tack, training aids, and the latest in safety gear and show apparel, whether you ride English or Western. We all get in a rut when it comes to shopping for horse supplies online. If you have not tried horselovers.com yet, then you are missing out on one of the world's largest online tack shops and all the best brands like Noble Outfitters, Ariat, Turn 2, Tough One, Professionals Choice, Weaver, and many, many more. So get on over to horselovers.com today and save on all your riding needs. It is the year of the listener. And now, our Stable Scoop Listener of the Week. Well, welcome, Anne, to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. You are our listener of the week. How long have you been listening to the show? Um, actually, very recently, I was just started listening to podcasts, and I did the normal Google search, and I found you guys, and I just started listening back in April. And you're back. <laughs> You've hung around. Yeah. yeah, at least she stayed. We appreciate that, Anne. <laughs> we haven't completely yeah. offended everybody. <laughs> so um, you are from your, the, my show notes here say that you're from East Greenbush, New York. That's Long Island, right? No, it's actually um, upstate New York. I'm right outside of Albany. Oh, oh right. Cool. See, clearly I'm from New York. I know exactly where everything is. <laughs> God. Um, but you have, uh, you have a horse, so why don't you tell us uh-huh. about, about her? Um, well, I had my horse, and her name's Winnie. She's an off-the-track thoroughbred. She's 18 years old, and she's your classic chestnut thoroughbred mare. She's kind of crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually got her by accident. Um, she was originally supposed to be just a lease, and after two weeks of having her, I was like, I'm not giving her back. <laughs> <laughs> you just loved her right from the beginning. Yeah, and it was actually quite interesting, too, because my trainer had originally trained her for the track. So she knew her since she was like two and she's like, I found the perfect horse for you. And I was like, okay. And we just went and took the trailer and loaded her on and came home. <laughs> what is it that you found to be the, what is, is it about her that you found to be the perfect match for you? What do you guys like about each other? Um, we, we are like the same personality. We're a little bit have our days where we're like, we're really, really up and really excited. And other days we're just like, I just want to walk around and be lazy. <laughs> well, and Helena, I got to tell you too, Anne uh, is a big listener to the Dressage show with Reese and Philip. And you, you said something very interesting uh, in an email that I got a while back that Reese and Philip inspired you to start your own blog. Tell us about that. Hmm. Um, yeah, I recently started that because I've actually I went to school for horses for two years and then I went for four years for biology, but I also was an English minor. So I love to write and I love everything horsey. So when I started that, I was like, mm, maybe I'll just use this as like a side project to kind of do things. So it's fairly recent and fairly new. I kind of follow like all of the different horse events and all of the um, different products coming out. Cause I did used to work for Dover for a while and I just like to give reviews and kind of do like up-to-date information on like what's going on in the horse world. Well, give the blog name. It is called From the Stirrups. From, the, from stirrups? the Iron, sorry. From, from the Iron. <laughs> Let's get that right. Wow, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is called From the Irons. Um, right now it's just on the Tumblr platform. It's kind of like a beta project 
because if I wanted to put it as its own URL, I kind of have to do a lot more work. <laughs> yep. Well, we'll we'll link to that uh, in our show notes as well, so that everybody has it. Uh, no problem there. So I assume you're a big listener to the dressage show that you ride dressage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, luckily, because my mom was like, um, "Yeah, when we were jumping, it was kind of nerve wracking." So when I told her I was going back to dressage, she was like, "Yeah." Thank you, child. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I know. I know the feeling. So do you compete or do you sort of ride dressage for pleasure? Um, I do compete. I compete with, uh, we call it Invicta, which is the East, the Eastern New York Dressage and Combined Training Association. And actually one of the uh, uh, hosts for the Terror Dressage radio show that you guys yeah. do as Regina. She yeah. actually runs Invicta. Oh, is that right? So, that's Regina yeah. Christo. Oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, I've competed a little bit with my horse, but it uh, seems like me and my horse are also the same in accident proneness. <laughs> so the last few years, she's been either gotten her tail eaten off or we've been injured <laughs> and haven't been able to compete. I got my tail eaten off once. <laughs> <laughs> she never grew it back either. <laughs> well, you know, I, <laughs> I feel like a chestnut mare sometimes. <laughs> I can relate. You act like a chestnut mare a lot of times. That's true. I know. I do. <laughs> well, we know that we're limited on time with you today, and we love to get uh-huh. to the rapid-fire questions. So do you mind if we go there? No, go ahead. All right, good. And by the way, thank you for being a listener, and thank you for finding us again. Actually, you know, it's funny because you know Regina, and she hosts, uh, she hosts on a regular basis on the Dressage Show for the para that we do, usually once a month or every other month. And now you know Reese and Philip. You know, you listen to Reese and Philip once, you feel like you know them, right? I mean, they're just yeah. they're kind of yeah. the, that kind of people. Yeah. And then yeah, you also know we, you, you also know Kat, who, uh, who used to do our food segment here. You kind of had it. You learned learned about Horse Radio Network through Cat, and we were just talking about Cat today. So it's funny what <laughs> things all come together in the horse world because it's so small. Uh, it really yeah. is. It really is. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to add a um, a new question to our rapid fire questions. This is how we're going to start off. When do you most often listen to Horse Radio Network podcasts? What are you doing when you listen? Um, I'm mostly at work when I do, and it's just kind of an easy way to get through the day. It kind of makes... <laughs> well, we're glad to hear that. <laughs> well, she killed the time. That's what we're here for. <laughs> Killing time. Well, okay, so when you're not listening to um, Horse Radio Network podcasts, or maybe while you are, what favorite food do you eat? Um, actually, my favorite food is sushi. I love it. <gasps> Me too. Everyone Me too. in my family hates it, and I'm the only one who eats it. <laughs> What's your favorite fish? Uh, probably salmon. Mmm, yum. Okay, so if you like salmon, I have a fish for you to try if you haven't tried it already. You can have it um, as sushi, sashimi, or cooked. It's called Arctic char. And okay, it's, <laughs> it's a little, it's, it's like salmon, but it's got a little bit of like a tuna in it. So it's it's this weird fish, but it tastes really, really good. So if you like salmon, you'll like char, Arctic char. Yeah, okay. I, like, I like tuna too, so it works out. <laughs> you will love it. You'll be like, Helena, I love you. Thank you, Arctic char. <laughs> so when you're not eating sushi and char, what's your least favorite food? Mushrooms. 
I actually my mom used to make things with mushrooms because everybody else in the family ate them. And I used to she used to be amazed at how I could pick every little piece of mushroom out of a casserole. I didn't miss one. That's how I am with onions. You can find them, man. I feel like a foxhound. You know what? With mushrooms, too, if you're not if you're a mushroom hater, tell me if I'm right. It's the texture and the smell. It's everything. Mushroom yeah, haters yeah. unite. I meet you. Let's start. Let's. I think yeah. we should march in a parade. <laughs> Let's get a banner. Although I like mushrooms. Okay. What is your biggest equestrian pet peeve? Um, it's kind of a mix between two. Uh, it has to be people who do not clean up after themselves after leaving. And trainers that are just point chasers. Because I've kind of had both. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So those are kind of equally weighed, I think, even in my book. Messy yeah. people, messy inconsiderate people, messy inconsiderate trainers. <laughs> no. um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get it. Uh, let's see. What career? Well, what do you do for work? Um, I work at a car dealership and I just do data entry and quality control for a lot of the deals that come through. Okay, so other than the career you have now, or one with horses, what career might you like to try? Uh, probably would have to try, and this is kind of strange, but I wanted to like do like wartime journalist. Well, like that's one not embedded, one we've had before. <laughs> like an embedded reporter type of person? Yeah, like they're like in the front lines, and they're the ones like writing all the stories and doing all like the stuff on TV. Okay, you're 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 badass. That is not something that, that we've awesome. ever heard before. That would be a a a phenomenal career. It would be I think it would be phenomenal to experience, but then the contribution, the story that you could bring back to the rest of the world. Those of us who are safe in our homes and enjoying the freedoms that other people fight so hard for, I think would be a wonderful contribution to American society. I think you should do it. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be I think a great way to travel too. <laughs> yeah, go back to school and get your journalism degree. Okay. I've already been in school for six years. I don't want to go back. <laughs> okay, I don't, don't blame you. you. All right. Then just you know what? Just keep blogging. Yeah, just, just keep, keep blogging. blogging. Yeah, horses, safer. Horses can be considered the front lines for a lot yeah, of us. Yeah, they're dangerous yeah. in ways. So there you go. Try fox hunting. That's, that's an embedded yeah. journalist. I've had horses <laughs> shoot at me before, so yeah, I get it. <laughs> you so have had horses shoot at you. What is the most terrifying thing you've ever done, and would you do it again? Uh, it has to be how I actually ended up getting my horse. It was terrifying in hindsight, and I probably wouldn't do this ever again because every horse person will probably think I'm crazy for doing this. But I did not ask my trainer. I'd been with this trainer for only two months. She told me this was the perfect horse for me. We went with the trailer. <laughs> And just loaded the horse on. We went, and I didn't know anything about the horse. I did all I knew it was a mare, and it was a thoroughbred. <laughs> and so that's kind of that's what we call blind faith. What do you think? What underlying story was happening in your in your history that made you trust this trainer so much, or that just, that said to you, "Yep, this is the right thing to do. Let's go forward." Just I've had some pretty bad trainers in the past, and I've had some decent trainers and she was just probably one of the best ones and she's she's always been so open and honest with me and I just I just trusted her completely and I was like you know what I'll just do it my mother was not too happy about it because she thought I was kidding when I was like I'm gonna go get a horse <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm like I have a horse now 
It's true. You go from just a regular person to, <clears throat> I have a horse now. And that, that's, that's quite <laughs> a difference. <laughs> You're like a completely yeah. different person. Yeah. And so would you do it again? Not in that way. I'd probably do the traditional horse shopping then. Uh, I don't think I'd get lucky again. Probably a wiser move. <laughs> you know, yeah, your, your luck does tend to run out too. You, you meaning horse people. You, you know, you get that one really, really good horse and you just like, there'll never be another one. And then you spend the next yeah. eight and a half years looking for that other one like I did. Yeah. Um, yeah no, no, no way to tempt fate. All right, we have time okay. for one more, and then we have to let her get back or she'll get fired from that job. So one more. Okay. <laughs> if your horse could speak, what single question would you ask her? Why do you always get injured, and how can I stop this from happening again? <laughs> <laughs> hey, could you ask every horse on the planet that while you're at it? Just <laughs> just throw them all into it that. Always be, it always seems to be perfectly timed with, like, right around when shows you can start. Of course it is. That's you it. know what her answer would be? You know, I can tell you what her answer is going to be. What is it? Because I'm a no, thoroughbred. Because I'm a thoroughbred and I can. <laughs> <laughs> it's because I can. We, we always joke that she wants to be retired now. So yeah. <laughs> this is her way of telling me. Don't they all? <laughs> well, Anne, it's been a pleasure getting to know you. I'm so glad that you could join Glenn and I and, and dish a little bit on what uh, what's happening in your life. We're really happy to have you as part of the Horse Radio family. Well, thank you guys. I love listening to you guys' show. All right. Thanks, Anne. <laughs> Take all care. Right. Bye. Sparkle & Boom is a marketing company catering to small and medium-sized businesses. Their goal is to add some sparkle to your marketing in order to get some boom in your bottom line. They do it by engaging your target market with an elegant style and genuine message. A message that shines a light on what's appealing, unique, better, and awesome about your business. Sparkle & Boom can help you to reach new customers with a message that is both meaningful and effective at driving new business. Click over to sparkleandboom.com. For more information, that's sparkleandboom.com. Well, this Tack and Habit segment is sponsored by horselovers.com, the largest selection of horse stuff in the world at horselovers.com. And I have one product that's available at Horse Lovers that we had an opportunity to review. The company sent us tough one, a Tough One Hay Loop. And it's, uh, it's a metal structure that you can hang on the fence, on the wall, wherever you want to hang it, that uh, it screws into the wall. And what it does is it allows you, and a hay, hay, hay net hangs off of it, and it allows you to put the hay in uh, very easily. You can fit about two flakes of hay, two good flakes of hay in there. It, you know, just drop them in from the top because this is a metal uh, <clears throat> kind of like oblong loop or rectangular loop. And uh, what the key to this one is, and I've seen these wall feeders before, and I'm sure you've seen them, is this is collapsible, which means that you can take the actual metal loop part after you put the hay in, and you can push it up against the wall so that the whole metal part's flat against the wall. One of the things that with, with the hay loops I've seen is that the horses can reach over the top into the hole on the top and actually try and eat the hay out of the hole on the top. 
Uh, and that cause that can cause an issue or you know it just defeats the whole purpose of slowing them down eating the hay through the hay net right yeah so this actually it has a little locking mechanism that you put on the wall and you just push it up you lock it into place and now the hay net's hanging down but there's no hole in the top anymore of the metal structure that holds the hay net up Okay. It's the little latch is very easy to use. So the next time you're going to put hay in, you just flip the little latch. It falls down. You put the hay in. You put you push it back up. It latches into place, and you're you're ready to go. So it works very well. Jennifer and I were very impressed. I had Jennifer because she's a little less technologically, uh, a little less. Um, what's the word? Geeky, geeky, and uh, tool wise, you know, mechanically inclined. So I had her hang it. And one of the although things, she could take apart and put back together a bridle in yes, under ten yeah, exactly. seconds. Exactly, but with ah. a screwdriver and screws, I knew it was a little different. So <laughs> the one thing she made a comment on is this comes in a package, and she assumed that the package would have a template because the bar that this metal thing hangs on you you hang two things on the wall: the bar and the little latch, and they're screwed in. The it was a little little tricky to drill the holes in the wall and screw it in without a template. And with okay. one person doing it. So this is basically, it would be a lot easier. It's a two-person operation. It'd be really easy, actually. Uh, and if it came with a little paper template that you could just tape to the wall and screw the holes, it would be a little easier, too. But but it really wasn't that difficult. And it works really well. As a matter of fact, we were thinking that it would be great to have these out on the fences. We tend to hang hay nets on the fences outside because the horses yeah. are out all the time. Yeah. It would be great to have these. It would make that so much easier a process. And it's nice because if you there's certain hay nets that are stiff and then there's hay nets that are a little less stiff. And we put a stiff hay net on this thing and the only <laughs> I don't know how to describe this without making this a X-rated show. Boy. But when you, with the stiff hay net, when you put the hay in the top and then you pushed the frame back up and locked it against the wall, yeah. the hay, the hay and the hay net stood straight out from the wall. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> I hate you! I hate you! Because now you. you're all visualizing that. And let me tell you, my landlord was there and his wife were there, and we were just rolling in laughter. <laughs> I need to get one. <laughs> now, if you used a if you used a a softer hay net, you yeah. wouldn't have that. <laughs> I can't even. It would just hang if you used a softer hay net, but. <laughs> So it does. So if you use the stiff hay net, it works better if you use a stiff yes, hay net. It it well that well it probably would be better if you use the soft hay net actually because it was kind of oh, weird. It so, was, <laughs> so oh so don't use the stiff hay no, net. No, because then it sticks straight out from the wall, and I'm telling you, it was just strange. So I okay, uh, okay. the softer hay net would probably be a better. <laughs> so softer hay idea. net meaning like the cotton kind. Yeah, 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 yeah. This cotton was more of the plasticky kind. kind that we used. The, That's the one yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah. So right. we do have the softer kind. We're probably gonna, and it's just little hooks to hook the hay net on. That that's really yeah. easy process. But this is really nice to make it fast and easy to do. Uh, I like that it's it has the safety feature of being able to put the the top, you know, the hole back yeah. up against the wall, so it's locked into place. So there's really nothing they stick their head down in. 
Um, and it does its purpose. I say you could get two good flakes. Well, it depends what hay net you use. If you use a bigger hay net, you could get more. Right. Uh, and you can hang it at the height you want it. So, you know, with our pony, with Scooter, we hung it at pony height. So that worked out real well. He's been using it for about a week and had no, no, it's worked great. These awesome. Are, these are called the Tough One Hay Hoops Collapsible Wall Hay Feeder. Couldn't make that name any longer. You can find it at horselovers.com. They're going to be so proud of this review. Yeah. Uh, you can find it at horselovers.com. And, it, you know, the, it does, uh, you know, it says in the ad that it reduces vices such as curving, weaving, and pawing. Uh, mounting low mimics natural grazing position. You can do, you could actually mount this lower if you wanted it lower and have their head down because you don't have to hold to worry. You don't have that frame to worry about because it's now against the wall. Right. So there's nothing they can hurt themselves on. So it really, really is a good idea. I really want to try it um, on my fences outside because uh, especially in the wintertime when I keep my horses a little bit closer to the barn, they don't get turned out in the big pasture. They're, they're close to home. Um, but I don't want them to stay inside their stalls just to eat. You know, you want them to move around and whatnot. And, so, and with the fence outside, you yeah. wouldn't want the frame sticking out if they ran into it, you know, that hurt themselves. You know, they get running exactly. along the fence and they'd clobber themselves with it. So it would be nice just to push it up. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I we really didn't have uh, any negatives about this at all and it's tw- uh, i think it's uh well it's regularly 49 dollars, but it's reduced at horse lovers to 29.99 very so nice it's a big discount right now at horselovers.com head on over there and just search for tough one hay hoop or we will uh put a link to it in our show notes and also over on our facebook page thanks to horse lovers ah. uh and as i said they'll be quitting right after today uh, as our sponsor <laughs> So that's the end of the show today. Thank God. <laughs> For details um, about today's show, if you if you want them, you can you go to them. stablescoop.com. And you can also uh, get our uh, Horse Radio Network app. Remember, the live show, Horses in the Morning, is now available on the app, uh, iOS or Android. All of our new shows, the Rodeo Marketing Show and Healthy Critters Radio Show, everything's on the app now. So there's 10 shows over there. And that's the way most people listen to our show. It's so cute. We had the cutest kid ever on uh, Horses in the Morning on on Friday's show, which he was 12 years old. And he's like one of the big show jumpers now in Ireland. Oh. And it was so cute, Helene. It was the cutest child interview we've ever done. And he, he of course, he had the Irish accent, which helped. And he got his first horse for uh, uh, Santa brought him. Uh, and it was just so cute hearing him tell the Christmas story of how Santa brought his first horse. It was just the cutest thing ever. I'll and everybody in his family and must have been listening because we had a ton of downloads from Ireland of the app right after that. So, so if any of the Irish, if any of the new Irish listeners are listening, welcome to the show. We're glad you're here. Where can people find you? And people can find me at that newportshow.com. That is my new pet project. That newportshow.com. Love and romance in my favorite city by the sea. Well, that's it for this week, Helena. We're done. We are done in more ways than one. But thank you all for joining us this week. We'll be back next week. <laughs> oh my God. Somebody, somebody put me out of my misery. We will be back next week with more. Until then, happy scooping. <laughs> <laughs>